This is Minister Ginger London. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, we're continuing with our special teaching for single adults, and on tonight we're going to be uh, doing session four. And if you're joining us for the first time on the first night, we did uh, show number one was What is Your Love Intelligence? On the second show, we dealt with Why We Choose the People We Fall, uh, We Choose the People That We Love. Show number three was falling in love for the wrong reasons. And on tonight, show number four, we're going to be talking about the six biggest mistakes we make in beginning, in the beginning of a relationship. And um, a lot of times in our relationships, we can experience hurt, heartache, and disappointment um, if we avoid paying attention to certain things in the beginning of the relationship. And so tonight, we're going to be talking about those six um areas or mistake areas and seeing how we can avoid them and if you have been um if you've made these mistakes what you can do to avoid making the mistakes and uh and how you can make better choices in uh relationships and so i'm excited about tonight i thank everybody who's in the chat room everybody that's um listening by phone i i thank you for joining me on tonight i think your lives are going to be blessed uh by it you will not be disappointed and i'm going to encourage you um if you're in the chat room if you want to make a comment or or have a question in order to do that, you will have to register as a listener on Blog Talk Radio in order to post something in the chat room. I got some feedback on from last night's show where they were trying to make a post in the chat room, but they couldn't do it because they weren't logged in as registered. So if you're listed as a guest, you can listen, but you won't be able to post your comment in the chat room. If you're by phone, when we get to that part of the show where you can make comments and questions. All you have to do at any time is press the number one, and I'll be able to uh, recognize that you have a comment or a question. So without further delay, we've got through the housekeeping uh, sort of things. Let's move on and get into our show on tonight, the six biggest mistakes that we make in the beginning of a relationship. And when we talk about single adults, um, I want to preface tonight's show by saying it is it is okay to have a desire to be in a relationship. It's healthy to have a desire to be in a relationship or to be married or for God to prepare you for a good relationship or to prepare you for marriage. And, and it's, it, it's uh, along with that desire, the best thing that you can do is ask God to get you ready for that. That means that your mindset has to sh- change. Some people um, who haven't... Uh, matured in their minds or haven't uh, gotten rid of some old memories, some baggage, some childhood things that are blocking and getting in the way, um, you have to ask God to prepare you. And as the special guest said on last night, Dr. Crystal, that um, what you think about yourself and how you view yourself is really crucial in the love choices that you make. Your self-esteem has to be one um you have to have healthy self-esteem in order to make good choices in relationships. And a lot of times when we don't have healthy self-esteem and we don't have the right mindset and we don't have um, the skills 
to make good choices. We make unhealthy choices in our relationships, and we experience some un, um, unnecessary, unnecessary things in relationships uh, that we don't necessarily have to go through if we had uh, developed in a certain area. So let's get right into the six mistakes. I'm going to give you the six, and then I'll go back, and we'll walk through each one of the um Six mistakes. So if you're taking notes, I'll go through them. If you're in the chat room, I've already posted them in the chat room for you. Uh, so tonight we're going to talk about the six mistakes we make in beginning a relationship. After we go through the six things, then I'm going to come back and talk about the mistakes that women make in uh, beginning a relationship, and then I'll talk about the mistakes that are specifically for, towards men, the, the mistakes that men make in beginning a relationship or in a relationship. The first one is we don't ask enough questions. So I'm going to just go through the six and come back. Number one, we don't ask enough questions. Number two, we ignore warning signs of potential problems. Number three, we make uh, premature compromises. Number four, we give into lust, blindness. Number five, we give... Uh, into material seduction, and number four, we put commitment before compatibility. So again, uh, we don't ask enough questions. We ignore warning signs of potential problems. We make premature compromises. We give in to lust blindness, and then we give in to material seduction, and we put commitment before compatibility. So let's talk about the first one. We don't ask enough questions. Um, And a lot of times we don't because we get so excited about being in a relationship or starting a relationship that the the most important questions, we kind of put them to the back burner and we just focus on the excitement of being in the relationship or starting the relationship. So uh, the example I want to give you is if you uh, were to make a major purchase in life, if you were buying a house, if you were buying a car or if um, you have to spend a lot of money on a particular thing, well, before you would make that investment, the financial investment into it, what you would do is you would ask a lot of questions before you make the decision on which car to buy, which house to buy, um, uh, maybe which uh, computer to buy, which laptop, whatever major investment that you are about to make, you're going to ask some questions. You're going to ask around. You're going to ask questions to the salesperson. Uh, or whoever you can get to, you're going to ask questions until you get the, enough information to make a healthy decision or the right choice, I should say, about the purchase that you're going to make. Well, a lot of times we put more emphasis in uh, or on um, the car we buy, the house we that we buy, the major purchases, computers, laptops, smartphones. We put a lot of uh, time and effort into uh, getting information on those things than we actually do in the beginning of a relationship. So we get so excited that uh, we don't ask enough questions before we start the relationship. So when uh, two reasons why we don't ask enough don't ask enough questions. Number one, it's not romantic. Okay, it's it's uh, falling in love is romantic. Asking questions or interviewing somebody is not romantic. It's not romantic to ask a lot of questions. And I'm not talking about giving somebody a third degree or you know got this long list of questions you're going to ask on the first date or the second date. But somewhere in the conversations during the initial phases of the relationship, you should be comfortable with asking the, the the right questions to find out whether or not this person is the right person for you to even have any type of relationship with. Um, you're asking uh, 
the questions, not so much that um, you're being nosy or you're prying or whatever. You're trying to make a healthy decision about your life. So um, asking uh, your partner questions to find out more about them may not seem romantic at the time, but it is the only intelligent way to get to know someone. You don't get to know someone by looking at them. You get to know someone by talking to them, asking them questions on different subjects and seeing how they respond to you and uh, getting their feedback or listening to them conversate about certain topics and watching their behavior in public and when you're alone and when they're around other people. And you may even have to ask them questions about what you notice about them and what you see them doing. They may not necessarily like it, but you have to do that if you want to make a healthy decision. But a lot of times we don't do it because it's not um, romantic. Well, you may not think it's romantic to ask um questions in the beginning of the relationship, but what's uh, even worse than that, it's not romantic but to have to uh, have an unplanned pregnancy, it's not romantic uh, to catch herpes, it's not romantic to get AIDS or anything. So it is important that you ask questions. So we don't do it because it's not romantic. And the second reason we don't ask questions is because we don't want to know the answers. Sometimes people just don't want to know the answers. They would rather just be in a relationship. If you're in a desperate state and you haven't been with anybody for a while, you would rather um, just say that you're in a relationship than to ask the questions that you need to ask to find out if you should have any type of association with this uh, particular person. So what you do is you focus on those things that are superficial initially and you avoid discussing anything that will make it possible or give you the information that you need to make a good decision about whether or not you should stay um in the in the relationship, and a lot of times singles are so busy looking for reasons why they should love someone, uh, then to take the time to look at the reasons why they shouldn't be involved, and that's not negative; it's healthy. You know, a lot of times we avoid those things, so we don't ask enough questions. All right, and then a, a third reason why we don't ask enough questions is. Um, you don't want your you don't want that person to ask you questions. There are some things about your life that you may not want that person to know up front in the relationship. You may not want to uh to have to uh go into your past and, and bring up anything. You may not want to uh give your opinion on certain things, you may not want them to know how you feel, uh really feel about relationships. And so what you do is you avoid asking them questions because there's a large possibility when you start asking questions, they will turn around and ask you the exact same questions that you asked uh, that person. And so you avoid it because you don't want to have to answer the same questions. So if you are unhappy with your life, uh, if you are ashamed or if you come, haven't come to terms with your past, if you feel guilty about things uh, that you're presently doing or if you don't have a good self-image, you will not want them to ask you um any questions about your life. And so you avoid asking uh, questions. What is really important for you to know about this is what you don't know can hurt you, and it will hurt you. The more information that you have about someone, the better you will be able to judge whether or not uh, that person will make um, you a good mate, good you a good relationship partner. The less information you have about someone, the more likely you will end up in an angry, disappointed, or heartbroken um, and so some of the areas that you need to question a person about is their family background, uh, the quality of family relationship that they have. And, again, you're not prying and you're not dwell, uh, delving into those most sensitive areas. You just want to know some basic 
uh, have a basic understanding about what type of relationship did they have or do they have uh, with their family members. You know, uh, past love relationships, why was there a breakup? You know, if you ask somebody that question, they might say, well, you're getting too personal. Well, that's a that's a sign. I mean, you can explain I'm not getting personal. I'm just trying to understand your, your the history of your relationships because there may be something in there that you need to know about. Also, um, you may want to ask them about their values. What are their what is their core beliefs? What do they believe in? What is their attitude about love? What is their attitude about commitment? Well, how do they feel about communication? You know, are you withdrawn? Are you closed off? Are you reserved? Are you an introvert? Are you friendly? Are you outgoing? How do you feel about talking about your feelings and opening up and letting people know? Uh, uh, do you hide, do you do you hold your feelings in until you blow up? That's important. You might want to talk ask them questions about their spiritual or religious uh, uh, philosophy or their beliefs. What do you really believe about God? What do you believe about Jesus Christ? What do you believe about your relationship with God? What do you believe about what the Word says about being single? What do you believe about what the Word says about being married? What do you believe spiritually? Okay, and then what what are your professional and personal goals? You know, those are genuine questions, and it's okay to ask those questions. You don't want to date somebody for eight months to find out that he has no desire to get a job. You know, or he has no professional. He not only does he not want to get a job, he don't. He doesn't have a desire to start a business. He's not trying to do anything. He he just feels like you know. Well, I'll just chill out for a minute. You know, you don't want to date her and then find out that not only does she not have any career goals, she's not even willing to help you accomplish yours or encourage you to pursue your career goals or your professional goals. So you have to ask these questions, especially in today's time. You have to ask these questions. You know, so you know if you don't, then again you're going to find yourself in a disappointed, maybe being becoming disappointed. You're going to be angry at yourself. You become heartbroken, and then you start shutting down on relationships. So to avoid not experiencing the very best that God has for you, position yourself to be the best possible discerner of a person that you can be to determine whether or not you should be in a relationship with that person. The second mistake that we make um, is we ignore warning signs of potential problems, you know, uh, we 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 minimize the importance of some things that we see, and then sometimes we make excuses for the other person. You know, if that person throws a temper tantrum in the public, and they do it more in 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 public, and they do it more than one time. You know, it's a possibility of anything. Anything can happen where you can blow a fuse. You know, but if it's a repeated pattern. You can't continue to minimize that by saying, you know, he's just going through a rough patch right now. You know, well, she's going through a rough patch. She got a lot of tension on her job, you know. So, you know, he, you, or you say something like, um, uh, he really doesn't drink that much, drink that much. He just drinks on the weekends. So you try to minimize the issue. But yet every time you see him, he has a drink in his hand. Every time you see him, you know, the, when you open the refrigerator door, it's just full of beer and alcohol, and you're trying to minimize it, thinking it's just a weekend thing, you know. Uh, well, you know, she doesn't act like that all the time. She just, you know, every once in a while she just gets a little stressed or whatever. But, yes, she throws temper tantrum every time she can't have her way. And you minimize it. You don't, you don't realize that's a character flaw. That's something that you're going to have to deal with from now on. Okay, or you make excuses for the person, you know, uh, well, I know he um, he seems like he's jealous and everything, but he's just, you know, he's just got he's going through right now. You know, so you make excuses for that person. Well, I know she seems a little mean, man, but, you know, uh, you know, she just got a lot of pressure. In her life right now, and she, you know, but when we other times she's really okay, she's real nice, she's friendly, 
this, this, she's that. You know, so we start making excuses about the warning signs that we're seeing because sometimes if we just don't want to be without a relationship. And so we make excuses and we watch this person cut up. We watch warning signs come across us from near and far and we don't deal with it. Also, we rationalize it. You know, um, uh, when uh, uh, we make we rationalize why they do what they do. Okay, he hasn't had a job in six months, and then you rationalize it by saying, you know, well, he is, he doesn't need to get a job right now. That wouldn't be the right thing to do because you know he's really trying to start his business, so he has to stay focused on starting his business, and so it's really not a, it wouldn't be wise for him to get a job right now. So we rationalize. The, the behavior or the the warning signs that we see, you know, are we in denial? Uh, you know, point blank. You know, um, I know he seems mean to you, but he's not mean. He's a real nice person. That clerk should that clerk shouldn't have threw his change change on the counter like that, and he wouldn't have gone off like that. You know, well, she shouldn't have handed him the bag like that, and she she wouldn't have gone. He wouldn't have gone off on her like that. Oh man, she's not mean. She's nice. Whenever oh, she's really a nice person, man, somebody must have said something to tick her off in here. You know, so we're in denial. You can become in denial about the warning signs that a person has. Um, really, when you do any of these things, you're really not protecting the other person. You're really deceiving yourself. Because I guarantee you, if you're in uh, engaged in a relationship with someone who has some issues that are surfacing to the point that it's a red flag in front of you, when you ignore it, you're the one that's being deceived. Because those people usually are not hiding anything. When they're hot-tempered, when they're angry, when they're mean-spirited, it is evident because they can only wear that. They can only hide those character flaws for so long. They might go a couple of months, but after a minute, after a few months. That the, whatever it is that they're dealing with, or whatever that um, flaw is, or whatever that warning that there there's something not right with them, it will surface. And if you're not careful, you would try to justify it because you want to be in the relationship with that person. You know, um, relationships don't fall apart overnight. You know, it, it takes months and years sometimes of determination before you uh, the relationship is finally over. But the warning signs. If you have a spirit of discernment, will show up right at the right time for you to make a decision that I should not go on with this relationship. It might, might I don't care how good looking he is. It doesn't matter how good looking she is. If there is something there that's going to hinder you uh, from having a healthy relationship, don't be in denial about it. Don't be deceived. You got to get out of it. So let's take a look at some of these warning signs because these this is really one of the main areas that. Um, the biggest mistakes are made in is in this area right here. <clears throat> Excuse me, because we make we see these signs and we kind of ignore them or we don't have enough knowledge to know what the sign really indicates. So I'm going to give you I'm going to say some for you, and I know you probably when I hear, when you hear me say them you'll say oh yeah I know people who've experienced that you know or you'll know situations or you can look back and over your past and say, well, yeah, I went through that, and that's exactly what it was. Let me give you a, a couple of examples. So if your partner won't, the person you're dating or a potential dating partner or if you're in a relationship, um, if that person won't uh, reveal details of family background or doesn't see or speak to their family much, then there might be a problem with them having a difficult time being intimate. There may be some hidden anger and rage at family members that will be uh, projected onto you. You know, so that's the, the warning sign is that they don't talk much to the family. 
the the consequences or the eventual problem is that they're going to actually treat you the same way. There's going to be some rage there, some anger there, and they're going to project it onto you because why you're right there and you're the closest thing to them because they're not talking to the family members. So they're going to they're going to project that anger onto you. If your partner is still in frequent contact with one or more um, exes and they talk to them on the phone a lot or, or um, and doesn't include you in the friendship or or introduce you to the exes, the problem is you won't be able to make a that person won't be able to make a commitment to you. Uh, you may get back uh, the person may get back with the ex or they may never make uh, make you number one. Because they still have the ex-girlfriends or the ex-boyfriends involved, and they're talking on the phone. And when you question them about it, well, we're still friends. And, well, you know, what you mad about? Well, I'm not dating here. I'm dating you. Well, if they're still talking on the phone, whether it's in front of you, they may be saying one thing on the phone, but you don't really know what the conversation is when they're not around you. So they're not going to make a commitment to you. That's going to be the problem. And you're going to be struggling, and before you know it, you're going to be trying to compete with that ex-girlfriend or that ex-boyfriend, trying to get that attention, that undivided attention, trying to get that person to make the commitment to you, and then he or she's not going to do it. They're not going to do it. Another example, your your partner uses alcohol or drugs. What's going to happen is you're going to be in denial about it, and you're going to find yourself dealing with all the baggage that, and all of the, the uh, behavior uh, problems that comes with the mood swings, uh, reckless behavior, lying, stealing, cheating, all that stuff that comes with addiction, addictive behavior, you're going to end up dealing with it. And then you're going to find yourself wondering, how did you get into that mess? All because you ignored the warning signs and you ignored it in a number of ways, either rationalized it, denied it. Uh, made excuse for it, or just play, just outright ignored it, ignored it. And so those are some of the things that can happen um, when you're in denial. I mean, when the warning signs show up and you don't pay attention to the warning signs, you know. So um, there are two things that you can do when warning signs show up. One of the things is when the warning signs, you can do something reasonable about it. You have to ask yourself, am I willing to deal with this? Am I willing to go deal with, with these warning signs? For me personally, most of the times when it's a warning sign, it's going to be too much baggage for Ginger to handle. So, or not really handle, but I'm not going to want to put up with all that. So I probably would step away from the relationship. You have to make a decision about what are your limitations. What can you deal with? What, like Dr. Crystal said last night, what are you willing to put up with? There are certain warning signs. Warning signs I really don't want to put up with, period. But there are some things that have become evident. I will not put up with it, period. I'm just not going to do it. I'll pray for deliverance. I'll pray for them to get better. I'll even give them uh, some uh advice or information on where they can get help, where they can get counseling, you know, or I can tell them this is what you need to do to uh, become better, to better yourself or to disconnect from that, that um, history of bad uh, experiences you've had, but I don't deal with it. But you have to decide for yourself as a single adult, you know, what are your limitations? What are you willing to deal with or what are you willing to put up with? So you have to make that decision when the warning signs come up. What are you willing to deal with? And if you decide that you're willing to deal with it, then – you have to make your partner aware of that particular uh, warning pattern, and then you have to ask your partner, uh, you, the part, you, your relationship partner, are you willing to work on this? And you have to be prepared for that answer because sometimes uh, some of these uh, areas, people tell you flat out, I'm not willing to change. 
this is who I am. I don't want to. I don't want to change right now. You know, I'm not ready. To, I'm angry. I'm mad about this. I'm not willing to give this up. I, you, I know I drink. I know I drink a lot. I'm not ready to give the beer up. I'm not ready to give the alcohol up. Well, I know I still, go, you know, go to that kind of club. I'm not ready to give it up. When you get that, I'm not ready to change answer. Then you have to make another decision. How much are you willing to, what are you willing to put up with? Because sometimes people will tell you, I am not going to change. And when they get to the place where they don't want to change and they can verbalize it to you, it is not healthy for you to stay in a relationship with someone who says that he or she does not want to change. It's time to disconnect and move on. You don't stay there and and um, allow that relationship to develop because it's only going to be heartache. So, Number two is you you avoid um, you don't pay attention to the warning signs. Number three, you make uh, premature compromises, and the danger in that is you lose yourself in that. And so what you do is you you compromise. It could be in the area of of your core values, your beliefs. You know, you believe one way, that person believes another way, and so you want to hang on to the relationship. So you call yourself making adjustments to your beliefs or adjustments uh, to your core to the core values that you have. And so you end up uh, losing yourself because you're trying to show that person that you really care about him or you really care about her. And so you try to take on some of the things that he or she likes. You're trying to bring them into your life, you know, and they're contrary to what you believe in or contrary to the things that you want to do. And so you find yourself losing yourself in that. The danger in that premature compromise is that you lose your sense of self early in the relationship and then you create a sense of a false sense of harmony between you and the, and the person that you're in the relationship with. There's no harmony when you have to go over into to somebody else's life, pull part of their life into your life just so they can stay with you. That's not harmony. Harmony is when there's a mutual exchange and we're on the same page. You know, if I'm if I'm in harmony with you and I do, I'm doing something, and it goes against your belief. If I really want to maintain a relationship with you, then I have to make a decision. Can I give up that thing that is um, contrary to what you believe in, especially if it really, you know, um, impact, uh, really will have a detrimental impact on your core beliefs? Then am I willing to take a look at what you believe in and consider it? And if I choose not to change my core beliefs, then we have to make a tough decision because we can't walk together unless we agree. That's what the Word of God says. How two walk to Cal can two walk together except they agree. So we have to have some agreement. And so um, premature compromises is when when you're in that relationship and you're trying to hold on to it because it's new, it's fresh. You want to be in a relationship and you give up and you lose a part of yourself in that trying to keep that person or trying to maintain uh, the relationship. And so you lose a part of who you are. So that's number three is um Premature compromise. Premature compromise. Number four, you give into lust blindness. You know, you get into this heated passion with the person and you think that it's great and really it's just, and so you want to stay in the relationship because the passion is so great. For those of for those who are sexually intimate, and like I told you on last night's show, if you are a born-again Christian, the Word of God tells us that we're not to, in, not to be fornicators. We're not supposed to have sex before marriage. <clears throat> All of those things, we know it, <clears throat> excuse me, but we do it. Some people do it, you know, and <clears throat> they engage in all this lust blindness. And so you think that um, you're in a good relationship, and the bottom line is you really are about the sex of the relationship. You're trying to, to trying to hold on to all the excitement from the sex, and if you 
when the dust settles, if you look at it, there's really no relationship there. You're just chasing after that. And so at some point, you're either going to wear yourself out in it because you're still not a healthy relationship. So you lose out on the, all of the other at, good attributes that a healthy relationship could have because you're blinded by the lust of the relationship. And so one or two things are, well, let's say three. Either you're getting over on somebody, either he or she's getting over on you, or you guys are taking advantage of each other. Because lust never produces anything that's lasting. And so you have to just come to terms that that's where you are. You have to repent, find a way to get out of that thing, and move on with your life. It is not uh, good to be um, chasing behind lust. It's just not a good thing. It doesn't. It does not end well. So, how do you cure lust blindness? Well, in order to cure it, first you got to stop it, and you just have to just really stop. It. It's not your spirit man is in danger when you're chasing lust, when you're pursuing a lust relationship. Your spirit man is in danger, and the Word of God tells us all throughout the Scriptures, and we see different. Um, uh, stories and incidents, instances where lust was involved or, you know, ungodly uh, intimacy was involved and what happens in that. You will be brought down if you continue in a lustful spirit. It will destroy you. It is not good. Save your intimacy for the right time. Save your intimacy for the right setting. Save your intimacy. Because once you lose it, it is so um, powerful that once you allow somebody to continually to take advantage of it and you give it away freely in some cases, when that relationship ends, if it was important to you, your mind will take you back on that journey where you gave up the most intimate part, the most precious part of your being. And you'll be, you can't get it back. You can repent and you know, be restored, but you will have to deal with all of that connection and all of that junk, we call them soul ties, you have to deal with all of that just because you were chasing lust. You were blinded by lust. So you don't want to be blinded by lust. You have to be um, free from that so that you can flow the way God wants. Number five is you give into material seduction. A lot of times in relationships, we get caught up on the kind of car somebody drives. Even when we're talking about older, and we're talking to single adults on tonight. So we're not talking to teenagers and young adults. We're not talking to 18, 19, and 20-year-olds. We're talking to single adults. We're talking to grown folks tonight. Still, grown people get caught up on the type of car somebody's driving, how much money they have, the kind of lifestyle that they're living, what kind of power position are they in, uh, what kind of career do they have, what kind of reputation do they, does that person have, and they get caught up in to the um, the uh, the the material seduction and you really don't have a good relationship. You know, it's all about let me connect with them so they can buy me things, so I can go to, to eat at certain restaurants, I can hobnob with certain uh, groups of people, I can go to certain events, I can ride in a certain type of car, uh, you know. And so it doesn't matter that the person that you're connected to is incapable of making a commitment to you. You're only concerned about their wealth. You're only concerned about the power position that they're in. You know, and sometimes, you know, uh, people will will date a, uh, a a person just because, say for example, um, 
The person is the president of a company. You know, regardless of what salary they have, you know, they get interviewed on TV a lot. The news media is always calling on them. Or maybe they're a senator. Maybe they're a politician of some kind. Or maybe they teach at the university. It's all about being able to uh, identify with somebody because of their material uh uh, the material things in their lives are the power, the money, the cars, the careers, so that you can say, well, oh, I'm I'm dating Judge so-and-so, or, you know, those kinds of things. But there's really no commitment. Now, that's not to say that people who are well-off and people who are doing well in their careers and who have nice houses and cars can't make commitment. I'm talking about people who use those things to get into a relationship on purpose. So you use that material seduction to be in a relationship. So that's not healthy because it's not pure. It's not a sincere. It's not genuine. It's, it's superficial. And at some point, that stuff wears off because if you get involved with someone and they figure out that you're only on the um, only a part of the relationship so that you can get things from them, then eventually they will themselves end the relationship. Okay, so the, so sometimes people are caught up in the material seduction. And then number six, we put commitment before compatibility. You know, um, you make a commitment to the person and you still don't know if the person is compatible with you. You know, so uh, that's, you, you have an emotional commitment that you make uh, to the relationship. Well, I'm in this relationship. Um, I, I feel like... Um, uh, that it's going to go somewhere, and you haven't found out whether or not y'all are on the same page. And so what you do is now is you focus more on the emotional aspect of the relationship and not on the foundation or the substance of the relationship. And so, you know, you, you, you have intense feelings all of a sudden for the for them, and so you focus on, well, I'm beginning to like him. I'm beginning to like her, and you focus on that. And so you put all of your energy on the emotional aspect of it, and you leave out um, the, uh, the the foundation. You don't you don't find out uh, the uh, strong foundation or the the compa- compatibility factors that are involved in it. Do we believe? Do we are we walking in the same direction? Do we have the same type of beliefs? You know, we don't find out those things that are that are crucial to identifying whether or not a person is the right one. We get emotional. We get caught up, and that's how we get brokenhearted. Because when the emotional part settles, then it then it comes out that you know what well, we're not right for each other. And then you struggle because you think, oh, I'm in love with him, I'm in love with her. And then you find out, well, that's not the best person for me. So now you're torn because you had so much of your emotions invested in the relationship because you put it out there too soon. And that's not to say that you can't meet somebody and you know and have some butterfly feelings. But when you focus on the butterfly feelings and not developing the relationship, then you're going to have a problem, and the relationship may not last um, uh, for you. And whenever you um, focus on your emotions uh, in the relationship instead of finding out whether or not you're compatible, usually what happens is you will feel a um, a sense of loss, being lost when you're not in the relationship or when you're not in a relationship. You know, um, you'll feel like um, uh, you, you, there's something that's been ripped from you. You're emotionally torn. They, 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 they ripped something out of your heart. It's been ripped out of you because you put too much of your emotions into it instead of establishing it on good grounds. And so those are the six things uh, for um, 
for the six biggest mistakes that we make in the relationship. And that could be male or female. And any of these can be male or female. And so, but now I'm going to take a moment and talk to the to the women and just talk about a couple of the mistakes that uh, women make uh, in beginning a relationship and tell you uh, how to avoid some of those things. Because even though we can all make both genders can make these six mistakes. There are some mistakes that are unique to each of our genders, and we can still both do all of these, but there are some unique things. Like for the ladies, number one, if you uh, think you can change him. You know, a lot of women get involved with men, with certain men, with undesirable habits, and they begin to cling to the relationship hoping that uh, that he'll uh, improve with time. And so they tend to feel that the man requires a woman's help in order to change. And so they get involved in that relationship knowing that that brother has a lot of issues and knowing that he has some, as we said earlier, some warning flags that are coming up from everywhere. But she feels that, you know, with, well, if a woman is in his life, he might settle down. And so the women go in thinking that they can change him, and that's not exactly how it works. You know, um, uh, sadly to say, the women try to they women who do that they try to go off of their gut feelings, and that's not the best way to go on your gut feelings. You have to pay attention to the warning signs. You know, he may or may not be a good person on deep down on the inside, but it is not your place to try to pull that goodness out. Give him room to get free. Give him room to get delivered. Give him room to do better. Get him room to overcome the shortcomings. Don't get involved in a relationship thinking that you can change him. Because at some point when you zoom in trying to change him, what he's going to say to you is, I didn't ask you to change me. Or he's going to come back and say, well, I was like this when you met me. Now, and all of a sudden you want to change. Well, all of a sudden you want me to change. You like me. You, you, didn't, you didn't care much when we first started dating. Why you care now? So don't go into the relationship thinking that you can change him if you're ladies. Number two, assuming good looks are enough. A lot of times when we have been taught to think that if they're pretty, if they're good looking, if they're nicely shaped, they got a certain hair texture, a certain length of hair, they got their makeup on just right, got their nails done, wearing a certain type wear wearing certain type of clothing, shoes, the whole nine yards, that they tend to think that men only care about the attractive physical appearance of a woman and that is a part of their attraction. You know, but also, um, uh, women are told that men are not very verbal in their communication. They're just visual, you know. And so a lot of women try to use a, pro- a provocative body language to gain a man's attention by, you know, giving off the wrong impressions. They d- dress a certain way. They wear a certain type of clothes and all those kinds of things. And, and that is not always the case. And when you talk to a brother who's matured and who's strong in his manhood, who is uh, matured for his age, who's had some maturity in relationships and who has a good head on his shoulders and knows exactly what it is that he's looking for in a relationship, he will tell you at some point that it's not always about the looks. Have you ever heard a man say, I want a a pretty woman, but I want a pretty woman who can hold a good conversation? So it's more than about the looks because as pretty as you can be, one thing a man doesn't want is he does not want dumb door on his arm. He cannot brag to his friends and to his buddies about his girlfriend if she is not smart. You mean she might be pretty, but that's about as far as they can go. So when he can't go beyond, you know, that she's pretty, he's going to keep looking. You know, have you ever been in the mall and, you know, just walking through the mall and all of a sudden you said something like, hmm, how did she get him? You know, because we're looking at the out of appearance or the other way around. You're like, hmm, how did he get her? 
It's not always about the looks, ladies. I mean, you know, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder, but you first, number one, got to get an eye something to behold, and it's looking for more than just beauty, okay? It's looking for character. It's looking for maturity. It's looking for good conversation because the bottom line is when you get in a relationship with somebody, you're going to get past their looks. When you want to try to establish that relationship, you can't establish it on good looks. You're going to establish on, you know, how well you communicate. You're going to establish it on values. You're going to establish it on, on how well you are compatible. Do you get along? Can you, you know, do you have some of the same likes and dislikes? You're not going to be sitting there comparing uh, beauty tips with one another. You're not going to say, oh, well, you know, I'm pretty here and you got muscles, so we're compatible. You're not going to do that. You're going to look for somebody that when you can look past their beauty or look past his muscles, uh, and I'm talking to men and women now, but when you, ladies, the man is going to look for somebody when he can go past her beauty and find something of substance on the inside of the vessel. I guarantee you. It it It's... So don't let anybody fool you. I, I have a lot of friends where uh, that are old school, and uh, some of their relatives were actually brought up and raised to use their beauty uh, to get a man, and it worked. But they're now in some unhappy marriages because you don't want to use your beauty to get a man, and then when you get him, y'all have to sleep in two different rooms. Y'all got two different phone numbers in the house, you know. Uh, you got your life. He has his life. The only thing you're doing is saying that you're married. That is not what God intended. So it goes beyond beauty. Number The third thing that women do is acting like someone that they're not. Okay, so you have to be yourself and you have to know who you are. It's important. If you ever had somebody say, just be yourself. You don't have to be anybody else. Just be yourself. I'm not comparing you to her. Just be yourself. And you have to become confident in who you are, ladies, to do that. You know, um, uh, men aren't happy in a relationship if the woman isn't happy herself. So a lot of times when a woman has low self-esteem, she's always talking about she don't like the way she looks, she don't like her waist, I wish I was the smartest uh, sister so-and-so, or I wish I was the smartest um, the uh, uh, Mary or Sue or whatever. Men don't like that. If he's taking his time to have a relationship with you, if he's a good person, you know, if you if you have somebody that is matured, he wants you to know who you are, and he wants you to be confident in who you are. Nobody, male or female, wants to sit around with somebody constantly comparing themselves to someone else and then um, speaking uh, negatively about themselves and lifting somebody else up. Well, if I had her hair, well, if I had her shape, or if I was as smart as she is, and if I was this and if I was that. No, you must be comfortable and uh, confident with who you are. The relationship will not work. Also, number four, being too honest too fast. We know uh, honesty is the best policy. I'm not telling you to be dishonest. Hear what I'm saying? When I say being too honest too fast, I'm simply saying that you're giving too much information too early. Okay? Um, (laughs) I know we want to ask questions, but we don't want to, people don't want you to overload them with stuff. Or shall I say, um, let me find a good way to put this. if you're dating someone and uh, the woman begins to, if a man is dating a woman and the woman begins to constantly talk about um, that she's falling head over heels for him and I've met anybody, I never met anybody like you and I'm just so taken aback by you and um, you know are you really, I, I'm really beginning to feel you. You really, I could, I could, you know, I'm really developing feelings for you and it's been three weeks. 
then that's a red flag for him. And he's going to think that, you know, wait a minute, we've only been dating two, uh, three weeks. You're, you're getting a little clingy. You're getting a little bit too close right here. You're probably going to be kind of needy. He's going to back off a bit. And that's what I mean by being too honest too early. That means that you're allowing your emotions to get in the way and you're saying too much too soon. So don't do that, ladies. And then the last one for the ladies is not seeing the signs that we've already talked about. About that, you know, there's some signs that come up. Again, don't ignore those warning signs. We as women, sometimes we tend to ignore them because we're so nurturing and all that stuff, you know, they tell us about ourselves. But the bottom line is, as nurturing as you are, there's still warning signs still show up. That red flag still comes up. You have to get past your nurturing spirit and move into a discerning spirit and say, this sign says that this is this is not good. And so, uh, those are the things that women – now, let's look at the brothers for a minute. Some of the mistakes that men make in beginning a relationship or in a relationship, number one, they don't invest enough time in a relationship. And we know that, you know, men, you know, they'll come and do what you want them to do, but they don't invest enough time in a relationship. You almost have to coach him into it. But men who are who are, who are desiring better or maturing in that area, they're becoming uh, more astute, more wise in that area, and you're finding brothers who are willing to make the investment in the relationship. The the um I don't want to say danger, but sometimes the danger for them is that when they make that investment and the relationship doesn't work, you can see that they'll close down and they'll put a wall up. But there are some brothers who have made a decision and said, or a decision that says, I want a healthy, strong, vibrant relationship, and they are willing to go beyond the the male norm and do do what is not known for men to do. They will invest in the relationship. But overall, normally men don't invest a lot of time in, into the relationship. The second thing is uh, for the men, your partner, the person that you start dating, is not your mom. Don't see her as your mom. You're not in a relationship with someone so that she can be your mom, so she can help you to remember um uh, to do certain things. It's one thing to remind you of certain things, but it's another thing to take on that motherly role because when a man is looking for a wife, he's really not looking for his mom. <laughs> he's not looking to marry his mother. There might be some qualities that he likes about his mother, but he's looking to marry a woman who will become his wife. And so when you're in a relationship, brothers, don't expect her to be a mother to you. That is not what she's doing. She's dating a man who potentially can become her mate. And so have a relationship with a woman who is going to be, if you use the term girlfriend, your female friend or your your uh, romantic uh, partner at that time. But she's not your mom. And you have to see her differently. You have to see her as the woman that she is, not your mom. Okay. Um, then, brothers, number three, thinking about um, thinking everything is about you and for you, uh, basically being selfish in a relationship. When you're in a relationship, brothers, it's not always about you guys. It's not always about what you want to do. It's not always about uh, where you want to go. You have to expand yourself and open yourself up for a mutual exchange. That's going to be important in a relationship. There has to be a mutual exchange. And then the last one for the men is uh, not learning to be emotionally available. Men, you have to be emotionally available in the relationship. I know we're told that women are more nurturing and men – 
we don't communicate the same way and all that kind of stuff. You know, all those things that they tell us. But the bottom line is we both love the same way. We both can experience the emotion of love the same way. So you have to become more emotionally engaged in the relationship. And when you've been around a man who's matured, in handling a relationship, you will see that he's emotionally involved. You will see a man will reach to hold your hand. A man will uh, express his emotions. He'll tell you how he feels about you. He'll tell he'll tell his girlfriend that he loves her. He's just not mutter, you know, muttering it under his breath, or he's just not saying it on her birthday or at Christmas time. You'll find a man who can do some romantic things and who really. Uh, puts himself uh, emotionally into the relationship. He he's genuinely concerned about how he treats her, how what he says to her, when he says it. You know how he shows his affections towards her. Men are are maturing and growing uh, in the area of relationships, and so we can't underestimate the brothers, women. But men, if you if you're not there yet, you need to um, maybe prayerfully consider. Uh, learning how to emotionally become uh, available in the relationship because it's going to be important for the relationship to be established and to be sustained. Um, Both your emotions and her emotions have to be involved in the relationship. And uh, so let me say this before we open the lines up for any comments or in the chat room for any comments. A long time ago I learned that – Depending on who, whether it was a male or a female, if a, let me talk to the let me say this to the women about the men first. Um, when a man says that he just wants a friend, you know, a lot of times females will try to read more into that and say, "Oh, well, he really meant girlfriend." If if you meet somebody that you're attracted to and you guys are talking and you're trying to decide whether or not you're actually going to enter into a relationship. It doesn't matter whether it's the male who says it or the female who says it. Whoever says it at whatever time in the relationship, well, you know, I just think I want a friend right now. It doesn't matter whether the male or the female says it. The other person has to compliment what's said. Don't try to force somebody to have a relationship with you who has already said that he or she just wants a friendship. Don't try to read more into it. And don't try to start, if they say they just want a friend, don't put yourself in a position to act like a boyfriend or to act like a girlfriend when the person has already said, I just want a friend. The reason I'm telling you is that because when you put yourself in that position, if they meet someone else and actually start dating the other person, you're going to be devastated. So whoever defines the relationship first, the other person needs to complement the definition. So if you if a man is talking to me and I say, well, you know, I'm really not interested in a dating relationship right now. I just want a friendship. The best way, right there in that statement, I have already defined the type of relationship I want to have with that person. The best thing that he could do to complement that relationship is to respect what I've just said. And if it was a, a brother that was to do it to me and say, well, Ginger, I just want a friendship right now. I don't really want a romantic relationship. Well, by his statement, he has already defined what type of relationship he desires to have with me. And so the best thing that I can do is compliment his definition by being that friend. I intrude on his definition when I try to force myself to be or force myself into a romantic relationship with him when he's already defined to me what it is that he wants. 
The best thing I can do is complement that definition and not try to define it. I mean, not try to intrude on what he's already said and the other way around, even if it's a, a woman who says it to a man. A lot of times people try to read in between the lines and say, well, this is what he's, well, he's still calling me. Well, he's still, every once in a while he calls me to go to the show or he calls me to see if I want to go out to dinner. But he said he wanted a friend or she said she wants a friend. You can go to dinner with a friend. You can go to the movie with a friend. You know, you can hang out at a friend's house. It doesn't have to be romantic. So we have to be really careful when a person has said, all I'm looking for is a friend. And we have to stay within the boundaries of that definition until something changes or until uh, there's an opportunity to have another discussion about the type of relationship you would like to have. But if it ever is presented to you, the best thing that you can do is complement that by not trying to cross or uh, that boundary or try to redefine what the person has already stated to you. And so I wanted to, to make sure that I said that to the, uh, to the listening audience on tonight because as a single adult, sometimes uh, we have a tendency uh, because we're hanging out with somebody, we, we try to define it as a relationship. The relationship is only established when there has been a mutual exchange and a mutual agreement that we are both in a relationship together, that what we have is a romantic or what we're ex- establishing or what we have is a ro- uh, a romantic relationship. So at this time, if there are any questions or comments, I'm going to open up the phone lines or the air lines for it. If you are on by telephone, if you press the number one, I can, uh, I'll have an indication that you have a comment. Or if you're in the chat room, Again, you have to, in order for me to see your uh, comment, you have to be registered um, on Blog Talk Radio. And if you're in the chat room and you're registered, all you have to do is type in, hit the send button. I'll be able to see it and I'll read it or, and I'll give you your uh, the answer to your question or your comment. So if there are there any questions or comments on the phone lines on tonight? And while you're thinking about that, what I'll do is I'll let you know, like I did last night, we'll go on to what the show will be about tomorrow night and with the the last show. So on tomorrow night, we're going to look at the types, the types of relationships um, that don't work, and we're going to be talking about the patterns or of relationships or the types of relationships that um, that don't work. Uh, for example, you are more, uh, you care more about your partner than your partner cares about you. Are you in love with your partner's potential? Are you on a rescue mission of some kind? And um, and on the last slide, we're going to talk about when is it the right time to be with someone? How to how to tell when you're ready to have a uh, relationship with someone? And so, are there any questions or comments for tonight's call uh, for tonight's show? If you're on the phone line, please press the number one. If you're in the chat room, just type your uh, comment. Okay, if not, I want to thank you so much for joining me on tonight. I look forward to sharing with you on tomorrow night. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your support um, with the Ginger London Ministry Radio Show. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, and I'll see you back on tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you.